Hello and welcome to Cinema 7. Today we have a special episode for you. My name is Chris Hawk and to my virtual left is Mario Bakari. We're still doing the virtual positioning. Uh, yeah, hey, I'm Mario B. What's up? I'm bad at directions anyway. It doesn't matter. Today we're reviewing the most, I would see. I would say the most anticipated movie of the summer, Spider-Man Homecoming. But first, we got some news. We're going to hop right into the news here. News, 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 news. Don't worry. Spider-Man Homecoming discussion is coming. But first, we're going to break down just a few few things. The most important news of the year. Fast and the Furious in space. Yes, it is. It It, is the most important news of the the century. Even that it's a possibility now. It's a possibility that they might go to space. It is. The director has said it's a possibility that Fast and Furious franchise goes to space. You know what? Maybe. It's just, <laughs> I, I'm getting like, yeah, like a uh, reminiscence of uh, uh, Pierce Brodson's uh, when he went to space. I think he went to space. Pretty sure he went to space. Well, one of the James, what if? Bond, one of the James Bond went to space. There's an Armageddon. Fast and Furious crossover. They have to save the world. <laughs> yeah. What else can you do? What else can you do? That could be the last one. They all go out together. No more. No more story. No more. Vin Diesel dies on the asteroid. No, Vin Just Diesel. Like Bruce Vin, Diesel's, Vin Diesel's forehead is the asteroid. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That's the twist. That's the twist. What if? Okay. What if? Okay. I'm thinking of another. Space movie. Okay, what about that new movie, Geostorm? I don't know if you saw the trailer for that. With uh, um, I did. The guy that's not Russell Crowe, Gerald Butler. Yes. What if they make another Geostorm and they cross over with Fast and the Furious? Fast and the Geostorm? Uh, yeah. Storm of the Furious. Is there... Mario, you saw the last Fast and the Furious, right? A little bit of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. I thought you went to go see it in theaters. No. Okay. I saw, was, I saw a little bit of it at home. I uh, saw it in uh, ways I can't explain. Okay. How much racing was in it? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, the opening has a race, which is pretty cool. Um, I think that was the best part of what I saw. Uh, it was... Uh, but what, what part did I see it to? I think I've seen it to... It's more of them driving fast and car stunts more than I see actual see racing, but the opening definitely had a racing element, had a racing uh, race to it, I should say. Not racing, a, a race. But how often were they furious? Oh, they were furious all the way through. It's, that's good. It that's seems a, like. That's all that matters. So that's that. I really don't want to talk about <laughs> yeah, that. I don't bye. want to talk about that. Um, we have very sad news. Stan Lee's wife of almost 70 years passed away the other day i believe they got married in 47 that's it's just i believe her name is joan i'm not very good with names but that's just it's very sad because usually couples that have been married that long usually within the next 6 or so months the spouse follows suit when they're that age it seems like uh, Stan Lee's still on the grind. I think that's keeping him busy. Um, J- same with Jim Ross. Jim Ross, uh, the legendary commentator for uh, WWE, his uh, wife passed away recently, and 
it seems like how he's combating that is he's because uh, he has a podcast. He's doing a lot of that. He's doing a lot of um, he's going out and and uh, doing appearances and talking with fans. And he just uh, signed with uh, WWE for like a limited contract or something. So he's like doing a lot of announcing with New Japan on Access TV and stuff. So I, I feel like you have to stay busy when you're that old to uh keep going and i feel like someone's spouse would want them you know i mean if they love them they would want them to try to stay on some kind of grind so they don't go i don't you know what i'm saying yeah I, yeah i think keeping yourself busy is the way like your mind busy and your body busy at that age is like a key to a healthy long a long life and i think stanley has some of the best help he can get in the business i mean the man's iconic who wouldn't want to be his doctor? Who wouldn't want to be his nutritionist? Who wouldn't want to be his physical trainer? It's just that when it, when you get to that age, it's just the body starts to shut down. Mm-hmm. I heard I, I saw a thing the other day online where she um apparently she helped him go after uh he wanted to write more stories. And uh he I guess it was all about the action then. Like all they wanted to do is uh they wanted people to illustrate the action. They didn't want a lot of dialogue. And Stan Lee wanted to write more story, wanted to characterize more of the, the comic book people. Hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Apparently he was so fed up with, you know, them telling him no to doing more dialogue that he wanted to quit. And she told him not to and said, just do it. And if they fire you, who the heck cares? Because you wanted to quit anyway. So just do it and let it be out there. So he, that he said that that's when he created the Fantastic Four because he wanted to characterize four people and see how they would interact with each other. And uh, I guess that's the history of Fantastic Four. And then him, I guess it, you know, it kind of gravitated and people liked it. And they, they, uh, you know, he Stanley became Stanley because of her. Uh, giving him advice and motivating him just to to do what he wants to wanted to do. See, and I, and I love. I actually do enjoy the Fantastic Four a lot. I just I wish it was the MCU's property because you could do infinite things with the Marvel with um the Fantastic Four. They deal with the like the the vault the verse that uh, Doctor Strange deals with. He they deal with the uh the, the tiny verse that Ant Man deals with. There's just so many avenues for them for the um, Fantastic Four to get into, that they could be in all parts of the MCU. But I just, it's sad that it's never going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a um, RIP to Stanley's wife, you know, it's a, it's, it's a shame. It is, man. It, I, I didn't even, I, th- I didn't know he was still married, honestly. Yeah, I didn't know either. I, I had no idea. I thought he was just, you know, young buck, single, you know? And I think that's great about Stanley's character that, you know, he's just, he keeps things close to the vest. I don't need to know about his personal life, and I think that's it's really refreshing. I don't, I don't need to know, you know, type of thing. That's it's his his life. And our final bit of news that uh, I'm going to spring on Mario is that uh, the MCU has now passed ten billion dollars in total revenue for all their movies. Actually, it's twelve. Last I saw, it's twelve. Yeah. It's twelve billion dollars. I'm sorry. It is the highest gross grossing franchise. And cinema history. Hmm. 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 Interesting. Very interesting. With uh, what is it like twenty three 
or 20 movies or something like that. Yeah, it's a it's a lot. Um did you, would you see any phase more successful than the other? Not really. I think um the newest phase you're starting to see bigger box office draws and I think just that's just because that um of the foundation they built. Yeah. I think I think uh Infinity War is going to be crazy. I really think it's going to it's going to destroy the box office, like literally destroy it. And I, I guess think, we'll uh, we'll and see. Think, and I hope it makes twelve billion dollars, just by itself. <laughs> I mean, did you see how many people are supposed to be in the movie? How many of the, uh, like almost every character they've introduced to the MCU is supposed to be in that movie? It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I just if in my lifetime, if I ever thought this was going to happen, I would say no. This is impossible. I'll tell you what. If it's anything like Marvel superheroes for Sega Dreamcast or Sega Saturn, I believe I had it on. Don't they fight in Galactus in that game? They fight Thanos and he turns everyone to stone, like in the uh, kind of the. It's I wouldn't say it's really a story, but like you're basically going through the whole game fighting different people in arcade mode, and then at the end, the last boss is Thanos, and everyone's turned to stone. And then you like if you defeat him, you know, it has this big thing. It's like you freed everybody, blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope everyone gets turned to stone in uh, Infinity War. That'd be great. Awesome. So we're done with news. News is done. Unless Mario, you got anything else? Um, no, not really. I mean, there were some of those uh, Dunkirk comments and stuff, but I, I don't really think that's uh, really talkable. I don't know. I think we talked about the uh, news that's. You know, we, do, we just know that Christopher, We just know that Christopher Nolan's not a One Direction fan. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to the main event. The main event. Why everyone's here? Welcome to the main event. So Spider-Man: Homecoming. Spider-Man: Homecoming takes place after Civil War. Almost kind of immediately after Civil War. Also, two months. And it shows the the backlash kind of of what happens to Peter Parker in Spider-Man's life when he tries to fully fit in and not fit in, trying to use his powers for good and not so good. Yeah. So Mario, general thoughts on Spider-Man Homecoming. So you want my general thoughts on Spider-Man Homecoming? No, I want your general thoughts. <laughs> my, de- my general thoughts? Your major thoughts. My major thoughts. Your captain well, thoughts. Well, um, generally speaking, without any spoilers, I liked it overall. And I think, Chris Hawk, you know how critical I usually am of Marvel movies of late. Yes. I liked Phase 1. I liked Avengers. I hate to admit it because Chris Hawk gets on me when I admit it. Ah, ah. Um, <laughs> I, I like Iron Man 2, which is weird, and we'll talk about that uh, later. I was surprised, I think, at how much I liked it. I mean, it, it was a, definitely a good Marvel movie. And um, I'm not saying that as, you know, as we talked about before, as being generic Marvel. I, I think it, it wasn't all generic Marvel. I felt this kind of branched off a lot from that mold. I think some moments were sweet. Uh, certain elements were uh, definitely very cheesy, in my opinion. Um, it did have the typical Marvel comedy. Uh, it, it's... I would say it's more about a kid who, who's different, obviously, and wants to show his worth to his mentor, I feel. I obviously have some negatives um, we'll go over. Uh, some could be nitpicks, 
yeah, you could say they're nitpicks. But I, I was definitely more positive on it than I thought I would be being a fan of the first two Toby Spider-Man movies and, you know, myself being down on Marvel as of late. But overall, I liked it. It was a good Spider-Man movie, but I'm not going to say it's the best. And we'll find out. You'll find out in a second. Of course you won't. <laughs> so, generally speaking, I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I almost saw it again today, but I was going to, I'm going to hold off. Only because I, I actually finally got my Xbox to work. But that's a totally different story. <laughs> so so I, I really, really enjoyed this Marvel movie because it didn't fit into the stereotypical mold of a Marvel movie, like Mario was saying. It's, it, actually got, it actually has a compelling villain for once. It actually, it actually has like, the character making choices that change the story, and he's not making, the story is not affecting his decisions it's him affecting the story and i think that's a really dynamic character because usually it's you uh i think it's because of the stakes and that's probably why i like this movie so much because it was low stakes it's not saving the world or saving the universe it's you know saving a small little place in new york and it's probably even smaller than that and and i think that's why this movie works so well and i think that's why this this spider-man movie was so good was because it starts off very humble it's very grounded. Yeah, it's very grounded. And that's funny that you would say that because didn't have a lot of uh, tall buildings to uh, shoot webs to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, generally speaking, this was definitely a refreshing take on Spider-Man. It was a, it was a good, I think it might be the better Marvel movie of the year, barring uh, Thor I Ragnarok. Uh, yeah, we haven't seen Thor Ragnarok. And is Black Panther, come, is, is Black Panther going to be Phase 3? I still think this is all Phase 3. Well, I, I personally think this is the best Phase 3 Marvel movie. Oh, I would in agree. In my opinion. I would agree. Until I've seen Thor and... I don't, I don't even know when Phase 4 starts. Unless Phase 4 is after Infinity War. I, I would feel like it would be because I feel like Avengers is the... End of Phase 1. Is the end, yeah, it's the end of the phase. I think every Avengers movie is, the end, is an end of a phase. Right? That's what I think. I think you're yeah. right. I think you're right. But yeah, this it's a refre- this is a refreshing movie. It didn't feel like a Marvel movie, did it? Um. Well, it didn't some feel parts. like the, the stereotypical Marvel movie where. No, I mean, there were some jokes that were a little uh, risque for Marvel, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> Penis Parker. Yeah, that, and there was. Uh, I guess we'll get into it in spoilers, but it, it just. I mean, the score was generic. In my opinion, the score kind of felt like it was a Avenger, the Avengers score almost, like I like how I felt with Guardians Volume Two. I mean, there was some, there was some comedy elements that felt typical Marvel to me, and there was some elements of the pacing that felt uh, Marvel esque. But overall, I would say it definitely broke the Marvel mold in a lot of aspects. So we're going to get into some spoilers right this instant. Yes, yeah, so this is the spoiler part of the main event. I, I want to get to it. I just want to talk about Michael Keaton right now. How about you? That's fine. We can uh, break it down any way you want. Your host this episode. If you want to start with Michael Keaton, let's we're start st- we're with start- the villain. We're starting with the big bad vulture. And I know John Kenoki had some concerns about him not being an iconic villain to start off the uh, Spider-Man uh, uh, franchise for MCU, but how did you think he held up, Mario? 
Um, I, I like the I like the villain. Um, I I definitely had some concerns about the villain as well. Um, I I like the way they they did the vulture. I didn't, you know, it's it's when you're a Spider Man fan, you kind of it kind of goes over your head how ridiculous the vulture is. <laughs> you know, he's like some real old guy just in a bell tower or some kind of tower, and he's like, I'm gonna make wings and fly and <laughs> seek my revenge or whatever but i have hollow bones hollow yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's really it, it is really an, a nice take on the villain my only concern is and we've kind of talked about this is i didn't feel like the the scale of how they made the vulture i didn't feel as if he was a Spider-Man villain. And I think, I, I don't know how else to explain it other than because I felt like anybody could have came in and stopped him if they wanted to. Well, that's probably why they're building this relationship, relationship up, shit, <laughs> relationship up between him and Peter because they're going to build on it for the next movie. Because it seemed, because I'm pretty glad, spoilers, super spoilers, he doesn't die at the end of the movie like every other Marvel villain so far. So, there's room for him to be used in other movies. And it, from the post credit scene we got, it looks like they're going to keep him. It definitely seems like he himself is holding the personal grudge, but because he saved him and his, his daughter... Uh, spoilers. Spoilers. So, sorry, I said it afterwards, but... Spoilers. Um, it, I think that's why he, he won't let anyone else... Uh, you know, it's take a, down Spider-Man. Yeah, it's his own sense. personal vendetta. Yeah. I really liked how they started off the movie with him. I didn't expect that at all. There is one part in the beginning, and I don't know if this is one of the parts you said I would find annoying, but that fake New York <laughs> accent that he does. Just like in, uh, what do you call it, when he does his fake Boston accent. You notice how he doesn't have it, he gets it for a second, and then for the rest of the movie, the New York accent never comes back. Because when you become a villain, you lose all your accents. <laughs> you lose all of them. But you know what was really weird about that scene is that all the, hard, uh, the um, construction workers, they weren't wearing hard hats. Because I work in the construction field, yeah. and I was like, why is no one wearing hard hats? You're in, you're in, a, you're in a deconstruction site, like a... Your demolition site. You're just He's you're, contra- they're yeah. contract. They were yeah. contracted out. You're tearing down things. Why isn't every single person wearing a dang hard hat? I would have I would have had OSHA there so fast it would have been that everyone would have got rid up. They would have been they would have been see, that's how I would have shut him down. OSHA. He that's, spent <laughs> he spent all of his money on that truck, okay? You remember when he was talking about how he spent all his money on those trucks? I don't care how much do money job. you spend on trucks. Safety comes first, Mario. Safety damn well comes first. Your family needs you, okay? They're New Yorkers. New Yorkers don't need safety hats. They're hardworking. They, uh, <laughs> they, they, you know, they develop fake accents of New York. You know, they, they do it all, you know? You want to talk about that reveal real fast? You're talking about the, the, the twist? Yeah, did you see that coming? I See, we can talk about the spoilers online. Yeah. I... There was I was spoiled that there was going to be a villain twist because of an article title. They're like, how about that uh, Spider-Man Homecoming villain twist? So I was thinking that maybe there'd be another villain 
at at in control or something like that. I did not expect that the spoiler, 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 spoiler. Like the biggest spoiler. If you do, I think this is the best spoiler of the movie. So if you don't want to hear one of the best parts of the movie, you need to skip ahead like five, ten minutes. Like for real, this is this is one of the best parts of the movie. If like the girl that Liz, the girl that Tom Holland, Peter Parker, crushing liked, on, crushing on, crushing so on hard. hard. Her dad turns out to be the Vulture, and that's not revealed until probably the the third third act, third act of the movie. What a damn good scene. Every scene afterwards, I think the third act might be the strongest, in my opinion, just because I of agree. The, it's, I, didn't, I didn't expect it. Like I, When he was walking up to the door, I was like, you know what? It would be crazy if the vulture was there. And I was like, the vulture opens up the damn door, and I was said, oh, shit, he's got them hostage. He's screwed. And it turns out to be the damn dad. And I was like, that was worse. That was damn worse. I, dude, I... It was a really good uh, twist, and I had someone at work kind of tell me there was a twist too, and it was kind of like the first Spider-Man twist where Green Goblin figures out who Peter is. Is that really and I was a twist? Like, what? What's he talking about? Yeah, that's not a twist, but yeah. I was like, "What's he talking about?" You know what I so read? I, I, oh, go ahead, Mark. Hmm. Go ahead. I, well, I, I kind of see what he was talking about now. How uh, Michael Keaton's character figures out he's Spider-Man, which I don't know how he kind of put two to two together real quick. I thought that was a little weird. But, but um, what I, I see what he was talking about. What I about. was reading was, uh, I was reading something about his spider sense and if he has it. And I, I think it's, there, it's a consensus that he does, but it's, he's just not well tuned to it yet. But what, what I read was, yeah, how does he have um, spider sense if he's getting punched by Craven? And I, and I looked at the sentence, I was like, Craven, I instantly, I instantly exited it. I was like, Craven the Hunter's in this movie. I'm kind of pissed off right now. I didn't want to read that spoiler. So I, that's what I was talking about in the group text the other day. I was like, man, just read a spoiler about his homecoming. We didn't want Where's to know Where's Craven? I know. So I guess someone like did a, like a miss spoiler. Like they kind of. Oh. So I, I was kind of, I kind of was looking for Craven the entire movie and it didn't happen. Unless they're just dummies and they thought the shocker was Craven. Which was funny. But um, I, I agree I didn't see it coming because I thought Liz was Liz Allen of, the, of Spider-Man fame. So that's who I thought Liz was, which made sense. And, but if you look online, none of the uh, kids had last names. So that was, yeah. kind of, that was kind of a good little clue that uh, something was up. Do you think, um, do you think overall he was, he was the best Marvel villain of recent memory? In Phase 3? Um, other than um, Captain Zemo, from uh, you like Captain Zemo? I did like him a lot. I still think the Vulture is pretty. I like, I like his. I like how they how much time they gave him. A lot of people say he didn't have a lot of screen time, but I think he had just quite enough. I mean, you see him in and out the suit a lot. I uh, I really, really love the fact. I lo- I love his suit. I think he has one of the better suits, uh, villain suits in the entire MCU. I, I love that aviator's jacket, his helmet, his wings. I think it's the coolest, mm-hmm. the coolest adaptation for the vulture. Um, it's weird how they didn't play on any of that, like because he had a bomber jacket and stuff. I I thought they would say maybe he was like a former pilot or something. So unless he's just like one of those air force enthusiasts, but I I, I 
<laughs> I don't know. I I thought that would come like you know what I mean. Nah, bro. Just go. Would... Just going for the look. Just going. Just for going the look. for the look, bro. And um, I really like the fact that the vulture was basically picking up scraps of the Avengers. I thought that was really funny. I mean, that that was cool to kind of tie back to Avengers because it's been eight years and still no Thanos. So to go back to that was kind of a refresher. Are you glad he didn't die, the vulture? Um, yeah, I am because it, it, I don't know if they're setting up, if they're trying to do what Sony was going to do. Do you see if they're, if they're trying to build upon the Sinister Six like Sony was doing? I mean, I think they took a page out of my uh, Spider-Man 3 pitch that they, uh, they definitely want the Sinister Six in the next couple movies or so. I think that's what they're yeah, doing. They, I think they're, do- I think they copied you. Yeah. Uh, last minute. We just released it like a month ago and then Spider-Man Homecoming comes out. Sp- Sinister Six. Yeah. Coincidence? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> how about how about the shocker? Surprisingly, I thought it was really cool. Uh, I did like their take on it. I wish he would have had a second fist instead of just the one. I don't know, man. Um, would have shattered his entire body if he had two. At least that's what he said. Yeah. Uh, what was the the first the first shocker? Because there's spoilers. Two shockers. Um, spoilers. Is the guy from Prometheus? Really? Uh, Dr. Shaw. Yeah, that's why I didn't like him. Oh, really? Yeah, man. He's a You don't like a, Dr. Shaw or whatever his a, name was? He's a mean to he's mean to uh David. Who's David? The robot. Michael Fassbender. Oh, that's right. Well yeah, <laughs> hey, well. Hey. Hey, we've seen Alien Covenant, okay? David is clearly off the rails. Yeah, you're right. I I really like the fact that I mean, they've been uh MCU has been really getting away with like these crazy sudden kill takes like uh, an Ant-Man when the, he um, the yellow jacket shrunk that guy down to size and killed him. And then when they kill the shocker in this one, it's really, really weird uh, kill takes. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it either. I was like, whoa, now murder. Doesn't that guy have a family or something? Is his car in the parking lot? How? <laughs> I mean. That's something that you know what's weird is the villains didn't have they didn't really have names like other I, than I don't think he was called the vulture in the entire movie. No. And I, I think that brings me back to the original um Sam Raimi movies is with J. Jonah Jameson being a key factor in those movies is in those movies he named the villains. And I kinda like that aspect of them using J. Jonah Jameson to name the villains in the articles. Um, cause they didn't really call him the vulture and no, they didn't really call so. the guy kind of called himself the shocker. Yeah, he did. Gave him his own name. It's like a, he's like a pro wrestler or something. Yeah, <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> Going back to, uh, Michael Keaton, the vulture real quick. I, the, the wings, when they started to fly by themselves here and there, and especially the way when they would, uh, stage them. So he could get back into it. Yeah. I, I kind of got a glider Green Goblin vibe. Did I, you kind of get did. that too? I did. I really think they're making Michael Keaton the Green Goblin of this franchise. I think I already said that, or I may have said it outside the podcast, but I think Michael Keaton could come back. And I, and I think it's crazy to say, but the Vulture might be like the mainstay villain for this franchise. I mean, he knows he's Peter. He's like the only guy who does. He he has he you know he has ties to like the shocker the tinkerer who makes the tech 
He's pretty proficient at it. You know, he's he probably isn't, he probably knows a lot of people. I I just he's almost like he's Osborne esque type, like kind of unhinged. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling they're going to use him a lot. At least I hope they do. Do you think they'll eventually add in uh, Norman Osborn? I hope so. I hope he buys the Avengers Tower like everyone wants that to happen. Well, they said they sold it, right? Yep. So I guess we'll see what they do with that. It did, but going back to the wings, yeah, it did feel a little uh, glider-esque to me. So do you want to talk about that Spider-Man guy now? What do you mean? You talking about Tom Holland? Yeah, you want to talk about Tom Holland? Yeah, uh, what what do you want to talk about? How'd he do? I thought he did good. I thought he was he, he was a little a little annoying as Peter. Um, I really didn't need to see his muscles. I don't know why they kept showing me his muscles. It was for you, Mario. It's for me because I love muscles. They were like Mario, you love muscles. We're gonna do this <laughs> for Mario Bakari. He loves muscles. You love. He muscles. loves Tom Holland's muscles. Yep. He's one. They have like a special name for like Tom Holland fans. Do they? Yeah, they're like. Hollanders or Hollandites or something, <laughs> something weird like that. But that was what that was probably for. Are you, um, you subscribe to the Hollanders page, Mario? You should, oh, I do. Yeah, I do. He's going to be in. I want him to be in every movie imaginable. Okay? Sure, shirtless, shirtless. I'm a Hollandite. He, uh, I thought he did pretty good. Um, I liked him more so in the suit as Spider Man than I did. Him out of the suit. Was he? If that little, makes any was sense. he too awkward for you outside the suit? He wasn't awkward. I think it was. He just didn't seem like a dork to me. He seemed more like I'm a smart kid who kind of just keeps to myself. And his and his only bully was uh, like another goofy kid who was just picking on him, like. Well, that's, I feel like that's the new you, bully stereotype now. They're not big jock guys anymore. I realize that. He's kind of like a troll, you know, this, <laughs> the, the new Flash Thompson. But I feel, I feel like for someone to feel, you know, kind of... I, guess, I mean, well, I mean, I guess at the party he, he felt out of place. But I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I just... I don't know if it was the voice just fit Spider-Man in the suit more than it did Peter, if that makes any sense. I, I just kind of f- felt a little annoyed with Peter with him as Peter than I did. Uh, him as Peter, I guess I could say, kind of is what is kind of the cheesy parts for me. And him as Spider-Man, you know, was was better. I don't know. I, I, I just felt, personally, he was better as... Spider-Man than when he was out of the suit. I liked I liked him. I liked him a lot. I think he did he did great with what he had. I I don't think he had a lot of room to grow as Peter. I think it was more trying to find himself as Spider-Man. So that's probably why some of his scenes kind of fell flat to you. I was just about to say, yeah, because I, I didn't really feel he developed as Peter Parker. I mean, he's I think he's still trying to find the balance because it's really Spider-Man and his hundred percent of his life right now. So Peter Parker's taking a backstage. In the comics, it's usually like uh seventy thirty. Spider Man being seventy, Peter Parker well, being thirty. It's usually him wanting to be Peter and try to give up Spider Man, right? Cause he wants to be normal. Sometimes. 
sometimes. The whole great responsibility thing, you know, takes its takes its toll. Occasion, we'll, we'll take its toll. How? Speaking of that, did are you a little upset at all that you didn't hear with great power comes great responsibility? I honestly think it showed it more than I think it was a show don't tell type of moment because it's Peter. Every decision that Peter makes in this entire movie, it's all about responsibility. Like, he could have easily shown up at the party as Spider-Man, got a few, you know, got a few laughs, got a few high fives, been great for him. But really, he chose to go check out a minor disturbance in the, in the field, you know, in the, in the bridge. He could, yeah. have, he could have easily gone to the decathlon and win. But, yeah. you know, he chose to go to the villain's hideout. I think I think they're showing they're trying to show you that this you know Uncle Ben's death did make a toll on him, but I'm I did like I think I he's like trying the, too hard. I did like the alternative. I felt like was when uh, Tony made the suit speech about if you're nothing without the suit, then you don't deserve it. I felt like was kind of them implementing that too, which I liked. I did like I liked that speech, and I. I I don't know if you want to touch on Iron Man right now, but you want. I think I we think, should save Iron Man for the a little bit towards the end. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm just gonna say right off the bat, I think that was my favorite part for Tony was that speech. Yeah, it was definitely. Do you want to go ahead? Um, I think Tom Holland, Spider Man. I think he's good. I think he. I think he's got it on his head and shoulders. He's he's gonna be. I think he has the oomph to carry Peter and Spider Man to the next level. What do you think? I think he has potential to. I I think as as a Spider-Man fan, I'm willing to be open-minded that he can do it. I mean, I've seen like I said, I I, I think he has potential. I just didn't see growth behind Peter like you were saying, and I'm glad you brought that up cuz or cuz that really is honestly I think what I was feeling. Um but I I think he has room to maybe give us more seriousness with uh, the character that I, that I usually like, but because we really don't get we don't get to see a lot of Parker time. We don't get to see him and and Aunt May interact a lot. We don't get to see him interact true. a lot with anyone really outside the costume. So I think I mean I could be wrong. Because I've only seen it. Do once. you see a dynamic, a difference between him as Peter Parker and him in the suit I, as a Spider-Man I, fan? I definitely think he he might be a little bit more confident, but that's just. I mean, I think everyone did that when they got in the suit. Mm-hmm. And and anonymity really does does crazy things to the mind. Like if no one knows who you are, you can you can almost get away with anything. Adabadabity. What'd you say? Anabadabity? Anonymity. Anonymity. Do you want to talk about the friend Ned? Yeah, sure. Because I know a lot of people are mad that he, it was Miles Morales' friend, Gank. I think that's yeah. his name. So it's, on, it's like Gank Lee or something. Yeah. So honestly, I'm a Peter Parker Spider-Man. Huge fan. The only thing I haven't read of Spider-Man is actually the Mile... The Miles Morales Ultimate Comics run. I haven't read any of that. I mean, it's on my list. I just. Do you read uh, Spider Woman? Um, which Spider Woman? Because there's like Silk. There's Spider Woman. There's the one. Spider Woman. When is it the one when she's pregnant? 
no, just just in general, any Spider Woman besides uh, as just the character Spider Woman. Occasionally, I re- I like her in uh, Secret Avengers. Okay. Cause she Have has you a- read Silk? Uh, no. The Is first it- issues. The fr- um, I haven't read it personally. I I got it from my girlfriend, and she said she liked the first issue. She's kind of a villain, isn't she? Silk? Yeah, doesn't she turn into a villain? See that? I don't know. See, I'm, I'm slacking on my comic reading right now, so I don't know. That, but, can, that can easily be fixed in an afternoon. Marvel Unlimited, yeah. y'all. Marvel Unlimited. Did you like the dynamic of Ned? I, I, I was thinking about the Oracle-Batman uh, relationship the entire time when Ned was talking about, I can be the guy in your ear. I could be the guy yeah. in the computer. And I thought, I thought that would be really funny. I could funny. be the chair. I could be the chair. The guy in the chair. And I, I, I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't mind Ned doing that. I thought that would be, that was a cool dynamic. I thought Ned was a cool geek friend. I mean, you just have that friend that just not really, there's nothing really special about Ned. Except that he has Peter's back. Now, do you think when they bring in Miles Morales, because obviously they teased him a little bit, if they do bring in Miles Morales, do you think they will shift Ned to Miles Morales as a friend? Nah, I think you have already established that Ned has Peter's back, so I think they're going to stick together. It's just weird that he's almost exactly the same as Ned, uh, Miles Morales' friend. I mean, wouldn't you, get, it, wouldn't you get tired of four or five Harry Osborns? Well, yeah, that, that's what I was about to bring up. Like, I, I, it's, it, it stinks that for the fans of Miles Morales that they kind of took from that to change, to change up and make something different for Peter. To, you know what I mean? To bring Peter into their universe and make it different. They took from Miles Morales. And, and, and honestly, that, I think that does suck for people who are fans of Miles Morales. Because if they do bring him in, are they going to have another, um, you know, another big, big uh, guy who's Filipino be his friend? Be Miles Morales' friend, who's just almost the same? <laughs> you know, I, unless they give him a different friend, which could work. I, I don't know. It's, it's, I can see why people are mad. But I can also see why Marvel did it. And it's to be, you know, to separate themselves from what was already done. Who was who your favorite character, Mario? Favorite character? I, I was a little mad about how they handled the Shocker, but I understand that he, they, it, it's definitely better to have the villains that they did to tease them for later. And I like the way they did it. But, I personally am a big fan of the Shocker and like Electro. I like like the electric powers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was a little, I did feel a little, I, I was a little uh, triggered by what they did <laughs> with the Shocker. Um, favorite character? I don't know. Um, I did like Zendaya's character. You did? That's um, surprising. I before didn't... she became... I think it's, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> I still, I think, I still think her character is good. It's just this. It's a pretty stupid reveal. It I, is. I still think her character is awesome, though. What's her character's name? Uh, Michelle. Michelle. Okay, that's where the M comes from. I thought they were saying something else. So when they said, I forget. I was. I always. I forgot her name halfway through the movie. So yeah, I, I hardly, thought it started with like an L or, or. 
or something. I, I just thought it was different. And then when she said MJ, I was like, wait, how does, I thought your name started with something else. Like, how'd you get MJ? Um, is that, that's your favorite character, MJ? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I guess it'd have to be, I thought the Tinker was a little lackluster. I, I thought well, usually was, the Tinker is in the background, so it makes sense. Okay. I, well, the acting wise, I thought he was lackluster. He's also yeah. actually a Fantastic Four villain, too. So, boom. Fantastic Four, boom. where you at? Where you at? Where you at? Where you at, Fantastic Four? I don't know. I, it's so hard. Um, I, I guess it'd have to be. It'd have to be happy. <laughs> You know who Happy ha- Hogan? You know my uh, my stepdad reminds me of Happy Hogan. Oh, um, yeah, Louis. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. <laughs> he reminds me of Happy Hogan a lot. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's not a, it's not like a negative thing at all. Happy Hogan just they're like you know they're kind of sarcastic and yeah they ha- they have that way to t- they have like they do have I think Happy does have a New York accent, doesn't he? They want to be tough. Yeah. Does Does Louis want to be tough? <laughs> Louis is tough. Louis is tough. He's tough. Um, Eli Manning is his favorite. Uh, my favorite. My favorite character would have to be the Vulture. See, just, that's what I wanted to say, but I think for the fact that he, um, New York, the fake New York accent, and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> actually, my favorite, my favorite uh, character in this movie was uh, Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts coming back. Oh my back. goodness! Yeah, Pepper Potts. Where where the heck has Pepper Potts been? Oh, side note: Did uh, your feet? Did your theater gasp at the reveal? Because my theater did. Uh, some people did. My theater went nuts. They're like, "Oh sh!" I want to talk about my theater experience, actually. <laughs> In your saved reserved rows, dude. Oh my goodness, me. So me and George, George, um, Beer Money, who has been on the podcast before last year for Blair Witch episode. We, me and him, did the Blair Witch episode. <laughs> um. <laughs> And he was, uh, he kind of cameoed in our Mace Windu pitch it for our Mace Windu. We pitched Mace Windu movies. Uh, quick plug. But he, me and him went to go see it together. And we walk in and we're like, first of all, George had to get food uh, in the mall. And because it's right across from the movie theater. They have tons of food in the, in the movie theater now. So I, I, I was, I didn't, I kind of lost track of time. So when we were done, like, it was like 7.50. I was like, oh, crap, we got to go. And, you know, George had to have his cigarette. And that, you know, wasted more time. I honestly should have just went in and saved a seat. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we get there, dude, it was packed. And, like, there was, you know, like, twosies or threesies seats open here and there. So we go up into the thing. And everybody's like, "This, this is taken. And we're like, okay. So we go up and point towards the middle of the row, and they're like, they put their hand over the thing to save it. And I'm like, what the heck? And then I go down, we go down to the very front of the thing, and it's like two of the side things over there were taken. And we go, and we, when we're about to go into the thing, and the guy goes, yeah, these are taken. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? And then so we finally go down to the, the row right before the very first row, which actually wasn't bad. Um, and the floor was super sticky. I have no idea what was going on. Um, so we sit down, and I was just thinking, I was like, how in the world? Like, I've never seen people save so many seats. Like Spider-Man, dude. Spider-Man brings out everyone. I, yeah. My theater was packed, and I'm, 
I go to a theater that's pretty, um, it's like, it's like a uh, small town theater with only two screens and it's usually really? never, never packed. This was super packed. I mean, every, wow. every single seat, man, Spider-Man bringing out all the homies, all the homies. Um, which is weird because I honestly didn't feel like when I was watching the movie that it was as epic as I felt when, you know, with that many people there for some reason. It's a Spider-Man movie, dude. That's all that matters. It, it is, but I, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like it was as epic. Like, I, I, I didn't feel like it was a happening in a way. Like, when I was, wa- like, well, it was a happening, but I, I just felt like when I was watching it, it didn't feel like, you know, when you watch the first one with Tobey Maguire and he breaks out of the, the bricks and he freaking beats up Green Goblin. And then, you know, the whole climax when, you know, the glider comes around and he jumps and goes in a thing and it go it pins him against the, the wall. And I was just, it's just so epic. But then when I saw this, for some reason, I just didn't feel any part was that epic. I'm going to tell mean, you, the, I'm going to tell you why, Mara. I'm going to tell you why. Why? Because it's not personal enough yet. I guess so. I guess that's, because, maybe that's why. Because they knew we, because they, because in, in Spider-Man, Green Goblin has already accosted so many people in his life. They got the trolley of full of uh, tourists, and you got Mary Diana on the other side. So it's already personal for Peter. Nothing really is hanging on the thread for Tom Holland, except for like a relationship. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not the same. And I, I'll, I'll agree with you. There's no super epic moments, except for when um, Tom Holland's pushing himself out of the rubble, which I think is an epic moment in this, in this movie. Yeah. But you don't have the, the big emotional beats like personal emotional beats mm-hmm. vendetta in this movie not yet it's good it's gonna yeah. it's gonna happen I, I think the part that came the close closest was when the wings flew through all the pillars and he's like you missed me and he's like did i or something or was i trying to hit you and then the, the thing fell on him to begin with actually that actually wait that's the same scene that you were talking about yeah <laughs> did you my I forgot. But do you like that scene when he uh the whole the the Well, I I didn't like him calling I didn't like him saying you can do it Spider-Man. I I got to hide cuz don't you got to don't you just say do it Mario do it Mario when you uh, go to the gym and you got to get that last rep in? Do it Mario. You could do it Mario. I, I yeah, but that's me. I I feel like he should be saying Peter, you're Spider-Man. You could do it. Instead, he's like, you can do it, Spider-Man. I don't know. You know what I mean? I kind of felt like he was becoming Spider-Man more so than recognizing himself as Peter. I don't know. I think they become one and the same sometimes. Yeah, I can see that. The only part about that uh, whole situation I didn't really enjoy was the voiceover of Tony Stark. I I really didn't need that. I kind of think everyone didn't need that because you kind of know what's going through his head when when he's doing it. You're nothing without mm-hmm. the suit, so be something without the suit, and that's what he did. We didn't really need, didn't really need to hear Tony say that. That's what I think. There's one thing I wanted to bring up. I totally just uh, remembered from my notes. Go ahead. Um, Donald Glover sucked in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but his acting was awful. No, nah, man, he's just he's just laid back. The prowler. He's just laid back, man. He's like, hey, you're not good as are you? It's uh Miles I Morales. Look at you. I'm looking at the right camera. There. 
my eyes are at the camera, but I'm trying not to look at the camera. You're just a hater. I, You're just I, a damn <laughs> hater. I knew I, I knew you were going to bring that up. I thought he was off. What a damn hater. I got ice cream in the trunk, okay? <laughs> um, so, uh, what'd you think of the, uh, the porn reference they made? Are you talking that about Ned made? I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean What about the F Mary Kill? That was weird. <laughs> Did I, you think that was weird? I didn't expect it. Honestly didn't expect it. They got away with some risque jokes in this movie for sure. They but did. I mean it, it's definitely it definitely felt like high school, like a super bad esque high school. Like mm-hmm. kids are gonna talk dirty stuff. I mean, I know we did. Yeah. Uh, I liked uh, I like it when he was driving a car, because in the comics Peter really doesn't know how to drive, so I thought that was pretty funny. That kind of reminded me of something, and I forgot what it was. I just I just think it's a nice little little homage, not a homage, but it's just it's just a nice because uh, there is a part where P- uh, Peter does have to drive a car, and he doesn't. He's really not good at it. Because I mean, how how does he get around New York? He swings. Yeah, that's true. He he doesn't. I mean, not a lot, a lot, not a lot of New Yorkers really drive. You know, they commute co- commute on the subway and stuff. So, so you want to get into negatives? Yeah, we can get the negatives and we can do positives if that's what you want to do. Yeah, I was I was thinking we should do some negatives because I know you got a big negative. Did I already say the big negative? No, I don't think you did. Well, I think you did. Um, I would say some of the uh, camera fight scenes were pretty lackluster and. That's right. Claustrophobic. We did, want, even. we did want to bring that up. Um, the part where I think it's meant to be filmed that way during the part where he's in the parachute and the him and the vulture are grappling, but I, I, I really had a hard time figuring out what was going on. It was so. I honestly was like, "This is just show us," because it, it was really shaky there, really shaky cam at that part, and the part at the end with the plane when they're in the plane on outside the plane fighting. It was kind of dark. And mm-hmm. that was hard to see too, but that's, I mean, that's probably, and, um, the, the MJ reveal, I just, I thought it felt flat for me. That's, those are my are, two negatives. Those are your only negatives? Yeah. Um, I see, I don't know if these are negatives or more so just my opinions on how I feel, you know, about, um, what attracts me to Spider-Man. The Holland, the Hollanders. The Hollanders, you know, I'm on Hollow Knight. Um, I don't really care for Spider-Man being a teenager. So you didn't like Spider-Man one? I do like Spider-Man. Well, okay, you got me there a little bit. But I guess being this young, okay, because he kind of at certain moments it kind of felt like Iron Man, or not Iron Man, uh, Ant Man, with its uh, comedy trying to think donald glover <laughs> i gotta i gotta hate on donald glover that's that's your quota man you gotta Dude, feel i'm it. a heel i'm a heel because everyone loves donald glover <laughs> and i hate him i hate donald glover so. mario world order <laughs> mario world order okay m w o we hate <laughs> donald glover uh tony's character felt a little bit off to me i don't know about you who's uh tony tony stark I think he goes through some serious stuff, and when we get his, to- his, I don't know. At certain moments, it felt it didn't feel all 
it didn't really feel the same. But I guess this is after Civil War, so maybe he's had some. I think changes. a lot of a lot of stuff is going on. I mean, he just lost he lost his best friend. You know, Who? Tony Stark. Who's his best friend? Captain. They're good friends. That's his best friend. They're good friends. I mean, okay. he, he's he's pretty uh, responsible for Rhodey becoming paralyzed. I mean, I would, I would that would weigh heavily on me. You know, he just he just witnessed his dad dying again, type of thing. And uh, yeah, so I mean, and he wants he doesn't want to screw up with Peter. So I mean, he could if he wasn't his chipper self, I could see why. I can see that. I can see that. Um, the moments that had generic Marvel feel, uh, the score I think was a negative. For me, well, the I like the new take on the Spider-Man theme, the '60s cartoon Spider-Man theme that they played in the beginning, but that's the only time you hear it. Yeah, you should definitely put that at the beginning. I mean, it was cool, but I wanted to hear it more or hear it at the credits. You want that um, the Chinese lady in Spider-Man Two to play it? A Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I actually that. like I love that, that part. part. It's okay. amazing. Isn't it right outside um, MJ's theater? Right. Yeah, I, I, my my negative. I can't really say my negatives honestly because they're just nitpicks. I feel like say your big like, nit, say your big nitpick. You you don't think this feels like his movie? Yes. Let's um, do it. Let's do it right now. Fire nice right here. Fire nice right here. Do you have the three topics? Do you have the three topics. This is it. This is just gonna be one topic right here. Let's do it. Fire better bring it. You better bring it, Mario. <laughs> okay. I I um. It just didn't feel like his own movie to me. I don't know. I, I don't know how to uh, really explain it. It it um, there was elements like it did. It didn't stand. It didn't feel like a Spider-Man standalone movie. Like this felt like it was trying to ground more of the MCU, which I feel like it did a great job in. It it definitely grounded the MCU, and it it made me um, feel like the universe was more real and more larger, but I didn't feel like this was Spider-Man's movie. I, I, it felt more of a subplot off of Avengers or, or a bubble off of Iron Man. Like, I, I think that's why I personally don't think it's the best Spider-Man movie. Like, cause when you, I saw, you know, Toby Spider-Man, I saw him develop. I saw him grow. Obviously he had move time to do it, but, I, I felt like he was in his own universe. And I think I, that's what I, that's why I'm not a big fan of Civil Wars because I wanted that third Captain America movie. I wanted more Captain America to have his own movie and, and not to base it around the Civil War thing. I think you could have built to that. But I, I just didn't, I personally just felt like this was something to make the, cinematic universe feel larger and i did and it made me feel that way because i saw people who were living in the real world with this as you do see with like daredevil and iron fist on the netflix shows but i felt like i i i guess it may be because of the tony stark aspect you know showing him showing avengers happy hogan and him relying too much on wanting to be a part of that wanting to be recognized by Tony more so than wanting to do something for himself in my opinion I guess is why I felt like it wasn't really his it wasn't I didn't feel like this was his fight okay 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 Okay. I think I think I think we got spoiled with the other Spider-Man because they were in their own universe I think I think 
that's what we wanted. We wanted a Spider-Man that's he's isolated, secluded, special. And that's what we didn't get. And I think you're going to get it in the next movie. This movie was just a stepping stone. Maybe, just like in the movie, it's training wheels. You know, it's the training wheels protocol. This is the mm-hmm. training wheels. This is Marvel's biggest character ever. It made $117 million over the weekend. It is their biggest character, but I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like they treated it as such. That's because you got to start off small. Its first villain was the Vulture. Who knows who the Vulture is if you weren't a comic book fan? I'm going to say not a lot of people. So you got to start off small. So that way, when he gets the big moments, when we see Green Goblin, first off, when we see the Sinister Six, when we see fi- when like him and Mary Jane actually do get together, or him and MJ do get together, when, when somebody dies that we care about, those moments are going to feel super big. That's what's going to happen. So you might be right where this didn't feel like his movie because he hasn't got to that point yet. He's not Spider-Man yet. He's slowly becoming Spider-Man. I do think, I do think to touch on that, I do think this was, this did a really good job of going off of Civil War, which I felt like he was shoehorned in. But I felt like this was a good thing, a, a good way to establish him in the universe. I felt like this was great, a great way to introduce him um, fully as a character to the MCU. I just, it still didn't feel like his fight to me. And like, even in the 90s animated show, which I, I that's one of my biggest, like, I, I think it's because I grew up with it, is just, I, re- I relate a lot back to that show. And I relate a lot back to Spider-Man and his amazing friends because I watched a lot of that. But like when Iron Man would come in, you know, he would help Iron Man figure something out or he would help save Iron Man or Iron Man would help him fight one of his villains. But the um, thing is, though, Spider-Man was established in those shows. He was that's al- true. He was that's already true. like New York loves him. He's the bane of J.J. Jameson. And we just don't have that yet. And do, do you not like the fact that he's in the MCU? Or do, you, or do you like the fact that he's in the MCU? As a comic book fan, as a superhero fan, I like the idea of the MCU. I, but as a I, Spider-Man purist, you want him to be his own thing. I want him to be his own thing, as I want Captain America to be his own thing. Because Captain America is my favorite. But, you know, going off of what they've already built and established, it's hard to do that. So I understand that, you know, they have to implement the other things going on or people are going to be like, oh, why didn't blah, blah, blah just come in? Or why didn't blah, blah, blah come help, you know, or whatever. It, there's going to be stuff like that where people are going to try to tear it down. You know what I mean? So I, I think it was, this is a great, from what they've already established to what they've done with Civil War and bring him in that way, I think this is a great way to introduce him into the universe. I think this is perfect. Now, do I wish he could be on his own? Yes. I I miss him being on his own, honestly. I mean, I I'm conflicted on if I really honestly like the amaz- the two amazing Spider-Man movies with Andrew <laughs> Garfield because there's elements I do like and there's elements I don't like. 
but I think, I think everyone feels that way about those movies. But do I hate any of this? I don't hate any of the Spider-Man movies. I don't hate any of them. I mean, obviously, Spider-Man 3 is not that good. We've talked about it. We have did a picture of Fix It. We tried to fix it. Plug. I don't hate... Spider- well, Spider-Man is one of my favorites, so I don't hate any of his movies. Mm-hmm. I just... I, I think it's just... I want him to be his own, too. I, that's just, what it is, honestly. For, for this movie will not work if he's instantly on his own, because that's how every other Spider-Man movie starts. He, that's he gets, true. He gets I, the powers, see, and he's, he's instantly web-swinging right after he gets the powers. That, see, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad you know, they didn't mess around with flashbacking or showing us how he got the powers, because I think after five movies, we already know... He's Spider Man's a part of pop culture. He's he's as big as Batman. He's as big as Definitely. Superman. And and they're treating him like that. They're gonna he's I, I this is what this is my fan theory. And I mm-hmm. what we're gonna we're gonna transition this right into Tony Stark. I think this movie is setting up Tony Stark to die, to sacrifice his life for Spider Man. And I and I'm thinking that's how it's gonna go down in Infinity War. I. You get this father father son relationship with Tony Stark and Peter Parker, and it's it's all about Tony wanting to be better, and then t- wanting Peter he wants Peter to be better, and when Peter is gets better, he also gets better. It's like this that it's that type of relationship that he's doing something right. So you think that's I think Tony what's going to happen? I think I really think Tony's going to die, and I think Spider Man is being groomed to be the next Iron Man because Spider-Man is very pivotal, just like Captain America and Iron Man to the Marvel universe, the MCU. He's just, he's key. So that's what I think they're grooming him for. So without Iron Man, you need that wisecrack. And who is that wisecrack? It's Spider-Man. You need a leader. It's going to be Spider-Man. So this is the first step. I can I can see I can see that. And see that? I I can see that. I can We'll get he'll I, get his own I movie. Agree. He'll get his own movie. But there's going to be since it's in the MCU, we're going to see some Marvel team-ups. And I don't know about you, but I've been waiting my entire life to see a Marvel team-up of just two people just teaming up in a Spider-Man movie. That's my that's my stuff. Chris Hawk loves Spider-Man team-ups. I love them. I might, I might love them a little bit more than the Avengers. I'm telling you. Him and Daredevil. Is him teaming up with anybody? Oh, him, him and Daredevil's pretty good. Him and great. Daredevil, him and Punisher, him and Black Cat, him and uh, Iron Man, him and War Machine. Him and Blade. Him and Wolverine, him and Blade, him and Elektra, him and Cyclops, him and Jean Grey, him and, you know, him and uh, Kitty, him and uh, Iceman, him and uh, Fantastic Four, him and the Hulk. I want to see him... And Iceman, for sure. I wish they could do that. Because him, Iceman, and Starfire... <laughs> is it Firestar? Firestar. Firestar. Marvel's Firestar, DC's Starfire, right? You want to see him and his amazing friends. I want to see Spider-Man and his amazing friends. I do, I, my dad, like, I wasn't alive when that cartoon came out, but my dad had VHSs and stuff, and it would come on Saturday morning, and it would be, like, right after the 90s animated show. So I would watch that, and then Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends is great. It's great. Yeah, when, uh, when we visited, Mario's dad would put on that. Uh, for breakfast, we watched uh, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friend. 
Did he? Yeah, we did. It was like the one time when... Oh, that was a long time ago, Mario. Like I know we watched f- Super Friends. We watched Super Friends because we made Fat Sam and Grundy. <laughs> Quick, Hal Jordan, get out. <laughs> Lex Luthor becomes Green Lantern. <laughs> What is it? Uh, what do we call Cajun Solomon Grundy? Cajun Solomon Grundy. <laughs> um, Secret monolith. So it's like, so Tony. So let's talk about Tony Stark and uh, the reveal of uh, Pepper Potts. I did not expect Pepper Potts to be in this movie. That was a good. That was a good uh, reveal. Also, I was like, it kind of Pepper Potts. It kind of reminded me of the ending of the first Iron Man when he goes to a press conference and it's like, I'm Iron Man. Um. That's what that kind of reminded me of is, is, and that could play into what you are thinking or what you're suggesting might happen is just, grooming him to be the next Iron Man. Cause that kind of, you know, what's a bad omen. Tony just got married too. You know what happens next? He's going to die. He's going <laughs> to, he's going to die. Well, Captain America only has one, has a couple movies left in his contract, right? Chris Evans. You know what? I think. We'll never know. We'll never know until they fix out them contracts. But I want to do. <laughs> I mean, we obviously Civil War is not a bad movie. Um, we we all. I mean, you definitely really like it. I think it's okay. But I would love to go back and pitch a third Captain America movie. I'm telling because you, you do him that. in Dimension Z. You do that, and I'm just gonna pitch Civil War. You do it. I'm just going to pitch Civil War. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Chris Rock. <laughs> so I, I, like, I like the mini arc that Tony goes through in this movie, where he's like the protector. He, uh, he's looking out for Peter. I really like that. I like the, I I like the mentor aspect. I, did, I like it, too. I can agree. Uh, you want to get into some Easter eggs real Is, fast? Or you got anything else? Go to- for it. Uh, so the principal of Peter's high school was in uh, mm-hmm. the first Avenger. He's, He's part of the uh... Howling Commandos. You see him. Uh, you see him have a, a picture of uh, him, his grandfather, on the in his office. Yeah. That's pretty That's why Captain America probably was a big part of the PSAs and stuff. I think that's it, it was government mandated, mm-hmm. so I think every school has to do that. Oh, and I think actually, there's a lot of rumors that. People think that Tony put him there to watch Peter. Oh, that's um, interesting. The Scorpion was easily an Easter egg. They they mentioned Mac, uh, Mac Hargan. Did they mention his name? They mentioned his name, and I know that that's him at the at the end credit scene, right? Yeah, that's him. He's in the fairy scene. Uh, Miles Morales and Prowler are featured in this movie. Um, well, by name for Miles. The Prowler was uh, your favorite. Mm-hmm. Your, your very mm-hmm. your Don favorite. Glover. Don Glover. The MWO's worst enemy. Uh, the Sinister Six looks like it might be united in a movie or so. I hope it's not the next one. Uh, I think. Yeah, we'll see how I they hope, do it. I hope we see him fully come into his own when he faces the Sinister Six because that will be a very big sight to hold. So, Karen. The AI that's in, it's, uh, it's played by Jennifer Conley, and she's married to Paul Bettany, who plays Vision. Oh, Jennifer I, Conley was the voice. Yeah, I think I like Karen a lot. I would. She's mind. also um, 
What's her? She's also in the first Credible Hulk movie, the first Hulk movie. That's right. With, with Eric Bana. Eric Bana. I uh, which I, I like that movie. I liked Karen and Spider Man's little uh, friendship. I liked it a lot. I liked yeah, it. That was pretty neat. I liked it when she enabled kill uh, assassin mode, kill mode a lot. That was funny. Did you see the Doc Ock arms in the in the truck? Did you see them? No, because that's what I, th- I didn't notice that. Because I thought that's what they looked like. They looked like arms in the in the truck with the ultra with the uh, Ultron head. No, I didn't notice that. Uh, did you know that Tom Holland wanted Toby to be Uncle Ben? Really? Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Apparently, they he's uh, they've met up and they've talked about. Uh, Toby's gave him advice. Good. Because Toby's movies were all successful. I would, I would want advice from him. Yeah. Is that, is that all the Easter eggs that there were? That's all the Easter eggs I saw, Mario. Did you see any more? Uh, I, honestly, I wasn't... I didn't really notice much. Um, what'd, you, what'd you think of the villain using the uh, alien... What'd you think of these villains creating their villainous powers or weapons with the uh chichari what what is it chitari chitari uh stuff i think they're still carrying they're still keeping them around for something so it might be cool for infinity war to see them come full circle from avengers 1 and have mm-hmm. the chitari again and that anyone that's using the chitari tech actually turns on them or something like that i think that would be a pretty nifty thing I think it's cool. Um, you got to use what the resources you have in your universe. So if everyone else has high tech stuff, I mean, what we see in Avengers, uh, an Age of Ultron, I think Ultron's uh, Chitari tech. So you want to talk about that new suit real fast? And what at the end of the movie, Tony sweetens the pot for Peter to join the Avengers by giving him an all new, spanking new, brand new suit, which I can only assume is the Iron Spider sh- suit which Tony Stark gives to Peter Parker at the beginning of Civil War in the comics. Mm-hmm. They, look, they look drastically different, but how did you feel aesthetically about the suit? What about the new suit in general with him having gadgets or just that one at the that end? One, the one at the end. Um, I mean, it was all CGI sitting there. So Other than, other than the CGI, Mara. Come on now. You know how I feel about the, the, the CGI? I, I understand. Tell me about In the suit. Marvel movies. Mario, tell um, me about Mario, tell me about the suit. It looked cool. Um it, it had it it wasn't really like red and yellow like the one I know in the comics is. Mm-hmm. You know, it had the red and blue in it, which was pretty neat. And it kind of had like these cool shoulder pads, so that's pretty cool. Did it look like and, it was almost like uh chromatic a little bit? Like it was it kind of looked like almost like metallic? Yeah, metallic and like uh rainbowish almost. Yeah, it, um yeah there's like a word for that where like the metallic kind of no matter what angle you look at it kind of shines like a rainbow almost mm-hmm. um it's just i don't know it looks cool i want to see what it looks like in a practical form um i'm torn on it because i don't think we'll ever get an original spider-man suit that looks like toby's mm-hmm. or matthew or andrew Matthew Andrew. Matthew Andrew. Um, (laughs) I think, so, I think, 
don't know. I'm torn because I love the original suit, but I like I like it when they go new. I like it when they do try to do well, different see, I, things. I do dig the new suit. I think it's pretty neat. I think we're talking about the suit throughout the entire movie. Yeah, the suit. Yeah, the 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 newer suit the design we'll for the we'll movie. Call, we'll call it the Karen suit. Okay, the Karen suit. That um, I like the design of it. It's just so many shots and so many scenes. It's CGI, and I don't, I don't know how I feel. <laughs> About CGI. I mean, everybody complains about the Star Wars prequels having too many, too much CGI. But when it comes to like Marvel movies, apparently everyone's down and cool with it. Um, I don't know. I I like I like the look of it. It looks neat. Um, the practical look looks pretty dope. I like the little armbands. The black armbands are pretty neat. Uh, but I don't know. I I uh. I mean, I, I, I do dig the traditional one, but I think this one is definitely more... I don't know. I like it. I like it. I'm just going to say I like it. I hope we see the Iron Spider suit in the future, like maybe for Infinity War. Mm-hmm. But... Um, what do you think of the normal suit throughout the movie that he had? I thought it, I thought it was cool. I, it looks a little... like It looks like a little kid, though. So yeah. I think it's because the head is weirdly shaped, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something off about it. But I, I mean, I, I like it. It's not the worst Spider-Man suit. I think Andrew Garfield's suit might be the best. Okay. He, he did have a cool, he did have a cool suit. Um, speaking of uh, Tony Stark, though, giving him the suit, um, I forgot to say another fan theory that I wanted to talk about, and that's instead of Tony Stark dying, mm-hmm. to, uh, Ro- what was it? Robert Downey Jr. has expressed that he wants to put up the mantle. Um, before it gets embarrassing. Okay. Maybe that's maybe that's just a personal thing. Um, but if he, if instead of him dying, Nick Fury dies, and then he becomes the director of Shield, like in the comics, mm-hmm. and in in the comics it's kind of a negative thing, but if they make it a positive thing for the MCU, I think that could be really cool for Tony for um RD, RDJ because he could take a backseat, like he can just do small cameos. Yeah. He's not doing you know who, movies anymore. You know who I see them doing it in the movie universe would be Captain America. See, I think, I think I don't think he would ever be the director of Shield. I don't. I don't think he could ever do paperwork. Yeah, I mean that's true. But Nick Fury just—you don't see him doing a lot of paperwork. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how long they're going to keep Nick Fury, because we haven't seen him in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I, I'll we'll see how they add him into Infinity War. Is he going to? Is he confirmed to be in Infinity War? I don't even know. That's something to look up. I think I, I heard a rumor that. Well, we know that Thanos that the six. What are the what are the Infinity Stones so far? Uh, you got the uh, Soul Stone. From Loki, you have the uh, power gem and vision. You have the mind gem with uh, Peter Quill, and you mm-hmm. have the the uh, the um, reality e- ether, the reality stone with the Asgard, and you have the time uh-huh. gem with Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. So the soul, no heart, no mind, no. What's the last one? 
there's there I read a theory, I forget what it is though, about what the last one is. What is the last and, one? And uh I don't remember. Some I've read it the other day and I forget. And I was it's, hoping it's, that you would have saw the same thing. Reality time, mind, uh power. Somebody oh another that's what somebody said is they all spell out Thanos' name. Yeah, that's stupid. I don't like that theory. Oh, you 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 heard that theory? Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of because it's so particular. Yeah. It's, so do you wanna do you wanna do final summary and grade on homecoming? Yeah, I do. Hold on. And then and then uh I wanted to bring this up. We can order it's all the, the Spider Man movie. It's the space gem. That's the last Space Gem. Yeah, that's the last one. Reality time, power, space, soul, mind. All right, what were you saying, Mario? I'm sorry. Well, after s- final summary and grade of Spider-Man Homecoming. You want to rate them? I want to, I want to uh, kind of order them from favorite to least favorite. Easy. All right. You want to go first with your final thoughts? Um, like I said earlier, I, I, I like the movie overall. Um, I, I think most of my negatives can be nitpicks. Uh, so, you know, take those as you take that, take it as you will. Um, it didn't feel like a generic Marvel movie as like Dr. Strange did, or, um, some, some of the more recent, uh, Marvel movies. It, I definitely felt like it branched off in a lot of ways from that mold. Um, th- I didn't really feel a lot of, uh, like emotions of like, uh, I wouldn't say like nothing made me cry or anything. It definitely was more excitement and more more joy from laughter, I guess. More la- la- more. Does that make sense? More joy from laughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some sweet moments. There was a lot of uh, cheesy moments, in my opinion. Um, it. I'm not a big a big fan of. Peter being so young, I, I kind of like just, my Spider-Man to be. You just a hate. Little, you just hate the teens, Mario. You hate the. Teens. I hate the teens. Those teens can suck it, teens. Um, <laughs> Mario, world order has begun. <laughs> MWO, we fight the teens. Uh, <laughs> I was definitely more positive on it than I thought I was going to be. I went in with low expectations, and I'm glad I held on to having low expectations because I came out more surprised than I did. And as you'll see in my favorite to least favorite, it's I still don't think personally it's the best Spider-Man, but it's definitely a good Marvel movie and it's a good step in the right place to take Spider-Man as me and Chris Hawk kind of had that little debate. Mm-hmm. What are you rating it, Mario? I'm giving Spider-Man Homecoming an 8 out of 10. Respectable. I want that eight. <laughs> oh, you should give it that eight point five because you're known for them point fives. I I know. I I was going to give it a seven point seven out of ten. Oh my! When I God. came out of the movie theater, <laughs> but the more I thought about it, I rounded it up to an eight. You're ridiculous. You know that. Thank you. Yeah, the best. So, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Definitely don't like the title name, but that's irrelevant because the movie, the movie blows all other Phase 3 movies out of the water. This movie has everything. It has comedy. It has heartfelt moments. It has very good action set pieces. It has good relationships between the characters. It has tragedy. And it 
You know, it, it has heart. I think Peter, Tom Holland, Spider-Man is on his way to becoming the centerpiece to the MCU. And I hope Sony and Marvel finalize a deal so it's, you know, it's just, there's no distraction. It's just good stories are being made about this. Because Spider-Man is, I think Spider-Man is my favorite superhero of all time. Hands down, no matter what. I, I would say so. Yeah. Root. I've known you for like over 10 years. <laughs> and seeing, I, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty thankful that I've been able to see six Spider-Man movies in theaters. I mean, how many people can say that their favorite superhero has more than a movie? You know? Yeah. If you're not a Batman, Superman, or Spider-Man fan, you're kind of out of luck. So I've been, I mean, I'm pretty thankful. I got two with Cap. You have three, Mario. Shh. I will fight you. <laughs> well, unless you count Avengers and stuff, then yeah, it's probably more. You are ridiculous. I can't wait. Oh, Iron Ice, Civil War. So, I, I'm certainly pleased that when I went in with low expectations also, because people were hyping this movie up way too much, and I was floored. This movie was everything I wanted, and I wanted, if there's anything Chris Hunnick wanted more than Spider-Man to be in the MCU, it was probably nothing else, because that's what I wanted more than anything else. <laughs> uh, maybe world peace, but Spider-Man in the MCU, I, uh, Spider-Man's reactions in the comic book world with everyone else is, they're priceless. He's, a, you know, sometimes he's annoying, but he's always there. He's, he's got a heart of gold, and he never gives up. And that's what they're showing Tom Holland to be. He has, he has a big heart. He doesn't give up. And uh, he's underappreciated. Are you comparing? No. I'm not, no? I'm not there yet. Oh, okay, okay. My um, bad. This is a train, all right? It starts off slow. Okay, okay. I got you. Gotta um, get to the destination. Gotta get to the destination. I love the, I love the fact that they were showing responsibility instead of telling. I didn't like how many few scenes he had with Aunt May, but I mean, Aunt May. Quick, quick question. Did you like the, the Aunt May? I didn't see enough of her. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I wanted, there was no, I didn't really. I maybe that's why I didn't really like the new Aunt May because I didn't. I, there was no really. Well, she's hot. Ca- I hate that. I thought that was so dumb. What kind of skimpy clothing are you wearing? Oh my god! <laughs> but a- anyway, continue. So that's all I wanted from this movie was interactions with the MCU, showing that Peter doesn't give up. Spider Man doesn't give up. He, his life is basically turned upside down and kind of unlucky because he picks spider-man over his his life you know his what he wants and it's showing that so i'm happy that marvel made a non-marvel spider-man movie they didn't they didn't skimp on the villain they had believable humor i think they they had realistic they had a realistic uh battle scene where the Final battle between the Vulture and Spider-Man is kind of anticlimactic, and it didn't bother me that much because this is his first showdown, and uh, he got his butt whooped. I mean, if you think about it throughout the entire movie, Spider-Man spent more time getting hurt than anything else, and that's kind of how it is in the comics. He's really getting beat up all the time. 
Yeah, it does. So for my Rubicon, um, I cheated because I'm using other Spider-Man movies to compare it. But I'm also using a very unlikely movie. Um, I think Superbad fits into the high school aspect of this movie more than any of the John Hughes movie. And that could be just because I'm not a really big John Hughes fan. I think Breakfast Club is not the best movie of the generation that came in. I just, I just think it's so overhyped. It's good. I, I, will, I will say Breakfast Club is definitely good. I just don't think it's deserving. I just, Sean Barnes doesn't listen to us, does he? I don't know. I, I think I've told him I don't like Breakfast Club that much. <laughs> I'm just saying he listens. Oh, my brother hates Sorry. me. He, uh, my brother's like, how could you? It's a classic. I was like, okay. It's okay. It just doesn't. It didn't resonate me. Resonate with me. I was hardly ever in detention. Why would I? Why would I care about this movie? <laughs> doesn't make yeah. any, it doesn't make any sense. I just, I just, it didn't resonate with me as other people do. Um, I got some real Marty McFly vibes from Tom Holland. Back to the Future. I think if they ever were to reboot Back to the Future, which they will never do, I do think Tom Holland would make a great Marty McFly. I think he has some great similar uh, facial expressions. He has some great mannerisms that are similar to Marty McFly, and he has the same hair, and that's all you need to be Marty McFly. Hmm. Um, I think Marty and Peter Parker are very similar characters, so that's why I picked Back to the Future. And for my final movie, I'm picking Spider-Man 2. I believe that Spider-Man 2 is the pivotal and the most important Spider-Man movie to come out in a long while. And I think you can definitely see some very small Spider-Man 2 innerisms uh, inside this movie. You have the fairy scene, the train scene. You have the, um, the villain being a kind of a good guy. Um, their jobs are different, yeah. but they have the same uh, mentality that they're doing this, you know, to help people. He, uh, Doc Ock wants renewable energy, and uh, Vulture wants to give jobs to his, uh, his workers. He wants to keep them uh, provided for. And uh, unfortunate events have turned them uh, to the wayside. I think you have um, you have so many good things in both these movies. So that's that's what I would uh, the themes and the likenesses of those movies go into Homecoming. I just I I, I honestly think this might be the best MCU movie in my opinion, and I might be super biased because it's a Spider Man movie, but I I don't give a damn. I As- <laughs> I think I might like this more than Iron Man, and that's. That's huge for me because Iron Man used to be my favorite MCU movie. I just yeah, this movie's amazing to me. Iron Man is a, a lot of people's uh, favorites, and I think this movie is going to be a lot of people's favorites. As a Spider-Man fan, does this movie make you happy? Yeah, it does because there was nothing wrong about it. They didn't do the character wrong. I mean, everything might be a little bit different, but change is good. I mean. Harry Osborn's not in it. MJ's not in it. Uh, Betty Brant's in it. I thought those news scenes with Betty Brant was pretty dang funny. It was, <laughs> those were awkward to watch. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was purposeful. Um, I, I, I definitely think they did great. They did justice to the comics. Like, it's true. If the only, yeah. th- if the only thing they got right was Peter Parker and Spider-Man, then I would still be happy. Now, look. Cinema 7 listeners and new listeners, go off of what Chris Hawk says. He, it, it, obviously, you're gonna, everyone should form their own opinion. You know, I, in my opinion... No, but you need to listen to me. Listen to Chris Hawk. He's, the, he's 
the Spider-Man fan out of us. Um, he reads all of the Spider-Man comics. He knows. I wouldn't say what all of them. About. I'm still behind. Like, well, you're still behind, but you you get my drift. You know more about the character in and out of the comic books. You you I come from a background of the cartoons into the movies, so I have a different outlook on Spider-Man than you do. He's still one of my favorites, but I don't have the outlook that you do from you being you're you're a bigger Spider-Man fan than I am. So I would say for our listeners to listen to Chris Hawk, go see it, make form your own opinions. Obviously if you don't like it, sure, that you're not wrong. That you you know what I mean? And we're saying that people who didn't like it, you know, obviously if you had a lot of more negatives than us, definitely let us know on social media. You can do message it. us, tell us, tell us your, your negatives. Um, do it. Tell us your opinions about uh, this movie because we want to hear your things. That's what Cinema 7 is all about. It's about different opinions. Do you think this and, is the best MCU movie? Do you think this is the best Spider-Man movie? Do you like Tom Holland? <laughs> are you a Hollander? You just, yeah, are you a Hollander? Are you a Hollander? Are you part of the MWL? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta make that shirt now oh we do the mwo and on the back it says donald glover sucks <laughs> down with the but, teens uh, <laughs> um i think it's time yeah, to rate I mean, these like uh, i said about that's just my opinion what'd you say i think it's time to rate these spider-man movies mario that's right we're gonna rate the spider-man movies uh from our personal favorites to least favorites but to recap our rating uh chris hawk compared Spider-Man Homecoming to Super Bad to what was the other ones? Back to the Future and Spider-Man Back 2. Back to the Future. I cheated. And Spider-Man 2. I definitely cheated. I could easily You gave it an 8. I, I gave it an 8, easily an 8 for me. Um so, you know, with those ratings and those comparisons, you know, um if that makes you want to go see it, go see it. If You're going to go you, see this movie no matter what. So just go see it. Probably. Um but <laughs> If you had different ratings or whatever, you know, let us know. Like I said, let us know on social media or email us at cinema7podcast at gmail.com. But now we're going to get into the ratings. Uh, Chris Hawk, do you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? I'll go first, Mario. Okay. All right. So Spider Man 2, Spider Man Homecoming, Spider Man 1, Amazing Spider Man 2. Um, Over the first Amazing Spider Man. Yeah. No, it's no competition. Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man 1. Okay. I think mine would be Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man Homecoming. I would have to go Amazing Spider-Man. You want the li- actually the lizards? Actually, Amazing Spider-Man two probably be first before, think- and then Amazing Spider-Man one, and Spider-Man three, and then Spider-Man three. But if I if just if I had just the Spider-Man three dance scene on loop, then that obviously would be just the Spider-Man dance scene would be number one. Yeah, that's that's a no that's a no brainer. Yeah, but there's there's you know there's other stuff in there, so you know that makes it the last my least favorite. So I'm still looking for the Spider Verse movie, man. Tobey Maguire reprising his role as Spider Man, Andrew Garfield, Gwen. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Gwen Stacy. 
dude, when I, I had that in mind since Amazing Spider-Man 2. And, and when they announced that Marvel was going to get the movie, I'm telling you, that would have been great. It just don't even... They could they could have just went off of Amazing Spider-Man two, had the uh had Marvel just go off of that, not even go into Sinister Six, experiment with Electro's powers, somehow bring in Tobey Maguire, and somehow Miles Morales gets bit, and then boom, you have two Peter Parkers and a Miles Morales, and you know what? You could make Ned. You could still have Ned. And what, how about how great would it have been if during the part where Peter is lifting the rubble off him, we don't see the image of the Spider-Man mask or him. It's Tobey Maguire doing the face from the train. Oh, when- my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> or what if what if it's the face from the first movie when the mask is ripped? When he when the bomb hits him? Yeah. Oh my now, God. is that in the comics? Is that why that's so iconic? His face getting ripped off? I mean, his face. Yeah. His mask. Yeah. It happens all the time. Because hmm. it, it just seems like it's very iconic. So, uh, yeah, that's that's our thoughts on um, Spider-Man Homecoming. I hope you guys listened to the whole episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, definitely look us up, like I said, in social media, and you know, talk to us. Talk to us, people. We want it. We want a. Com- we want. We want to uh, build a community. So you know, talk to us on Twitter at Cinema Seven underscore Podcast. It's the same on Instagram, Cinema Seven underscore Podcast. Check us out on Facebook at Cinema Seven. We probably do a lot of con- talking on there because you can comment on posts and stuff. Um, email us at cinema seven podcast at gmail.com. Um, look us up on, uh, our website at cinema seven podcast.com or wait, what I, did I just say? Oh, I said gmail.com and cinema seven podcast.com. Sorry. Uh, but you can look, if you want to support the podcast and if you've been listening to us and you like us, definitely check us out on Patreon. You can help donate. And there's cool tiers on there. If you donate about like $10, we'll bring you onto the podcast and you can be a guest. And it, that'd be awesome because then you could just share your opinions there and it'd be out there. Like Chris Hawk once said, you know, you're, you're out there forever. Yeah, you're there forever. You're in the interwebs forever. And um, we have a newsletter. Uh, we haven't really been doing the newsletter. Um, probably because we don't have a lot of uh, subscribers to it, but it's completely free. Yeah, it's free, guys. Uh, and talking about subscribing, subscribe to us on iTunes so you, you can get it down. Our newest episodes just download into your feed when they come out. And it's and by rating us and reviewing us on iTunes, it's also a great way to support the podcast because that helps Apple podcast uh, thing, the system know that. Um, People like us, and that will only help us give you more content and better content. So definitely check us out. Um, Chris Hawk, if you want to send us off. So as always, from your friendly neighborhood podcast, we want to thank you for listening with us. We want to thank you for watching with us, and we want to thank you for exploring. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds just like flies. Look out, here comes a Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man.